2: It's been a year since COVID-19 began spreading around the world, forcing many of us back into our homes or into healthcare facilities.
3: Today, talks have become more hopeful as countries discuss how to get everyone vaccinated.
2: But in some parts of the world, COVID-19 fails even to be recognized as a serious threat.
4: For the citizens, it's the war now. It's the fighting. They don't care about COVID-19. Or worse
3: that the virus no longer exists.
1: The President said we have prayed a lot and God has listened to our prayers. Now we don't have corona. The country is corona-free.
2: I'm Macy Hoven. And I'm Mark Casillan. And in this special series of Teca Teca, we continue to look back at the events that took place during the pandemic. But this time, we hear the stories from journalists all over the world.
3: In this episode, we check in with journalists from Ethiopia, Tanzania, and Yemen. Three countries in the East African region that have been dealing with their country's own domestic conflict long before the virus arrived. For the sake of their safety, we will not mention the names of our partners who courageously share their stories. This is episode one of the Denial and Disinformation series produced by Puma Podcast in partnership with International Media Support.
2: Ethnic-related conflict and repeated blockage of the internet have been affecting the media landscape in Ethiopia for years. But the environment worsened when the virus reached this East African nations' shores.
0: We are facing triple problems. We have had this desert locust, COVID, and then this uh, conflict it went to the extent of military oppression. We have no uh, strong institutions, no strong media institutions. So we end up sometimes in a uh, disinformation. Every ethnic group has its own region. So when ethnic conflict happens, journalists from the other region Assuming that they are from the other ethnic groups where you are not allowed uh, maybe. So one, travel restrictions. And as you know, uh, working from home for other profession, maybe it could not be a problem. But for a journalist, for a reporter, he has to be there. He has to see the situation himself at the spot. That's uh, a real journalism. But, uh, you know, most journalism were restricted in their home. While uh, you know, moving around, you are not provided with uh, necessary uh, personal protective equipment and even awareness.
2: Around 120,000 coronavirus cases have been recorded in Ethiopia. Among them are journalists who continued to cover the story without personal protective equipment. The Ethiopian Health Ministry has identified journalists as one of the COVID-19 high-risk groups of the society.
3: Our colleague tells us that although it is evident that a number of journalists are catching the virus, it is difficult to get the exact numbers.
0: We have a number of colleagues that uh, contracted this uh, coronavirus and and we can interview them. Uh, They can tell us uh, what was going on uh, in terms of uh, protecting them.
3: But it is not just the media having trouble getting information. Back in July, Ethiopians faced yet another internet shutdown from government. For more than three weeks, people could not go online. People were left in the dark.
2: Residents of northern Ethiopia report that internet, mobile phone, and landline communications have been cut since government...
3: Troops the
0: government tends to, 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 to shut down the internet. Because some extremist groups, they want to fuel the conflicts with social media and uh, through the internet.
3: Time and again, the government implemented blackouts as a response to growing conflict. Especially after singer and activist Hachalu Hundessa was shot on June 29. Hundesa had been a leading voice in the anti-government protests that led to a change in the country's leadership in 2018. His death fueled Ethiopia's latest bout of unrest.
2: The internet shutdown has inevitably affected Ethiopia's capital, Addis Ababa, where the Africa Centers for Disease Control and Prevention stands. Disseminating key information about the virus became a struggle for officials.
0: When there is no internet, everybody would be in a problem. Even people in the Ministry of Health could not collect information on time. And even we as a journalists, we could not verify what is happening on COVID, even in the conflicts.
2: Coverage of the coronavirus pandemic in parts of Africa has been marred in politics. In Yemen where there's an ongoing war. Having split territories under different forces has made it hard to access complete and accurate information clouding the real state of the health crisis in Yemen.
4: We have one government uh, which is supposed to be based in Aden, South Yemen. And we have the Shia rebels in Sana'a. They control much of the north. Beside these two main players, we have also the STC, the Southern Transnational Council, and we have also part of the, of the legitimate government who is controlling Marib, which is in the north also.
3: In the Houthis led Sana'a, journalists are not permitted to report on COVID.
4: Until now, uh, the Houthis don't report or give the updates about the cases. Unlike the, the exiled government, the exiled government has a daily update about the situation. They publish how many confirmed cases, how many recovered, how many died. It's only for the area they control. But the is, they don't allow anyone to report about this topic. I mean, they have no update, they have no numbers from the beginning.
3: Traveling from one area to another was made even more difficult by the many checkpoints across the region.
4: You face sometimes around 500 checkpoints when you cross from one place to another one. Even when you travel in the city you live in, you have to be inspected, you have to be checked. It's bad, and... When the COVID-19 came, it was like adding the insult to angry.
3: Yemeni journalists face serious threats from authorities to stop writing about COVID-19. Some of them received phone calls. Others received a notice from security leaders.
4: Until now, the key issue for everyone here is the war now. It's the fighting. They don't care about COVID-19. And the, some people even don't believe that COVID-19 exists. Some people are saying, oh, this is not fact, it's only in the TV, it's only in the media. The major problem for them is the economic part, the living standards, and the fighting.
2: But it's not just in Yemen. Around the world, journalists face imprisonment and criminal charges for doing their job, setting a record high in 2020. The Committee to Protect Journalists credits this to a crackdown on COVID-19 reporting and increasing social unrest. When we return, a government that has convinced itself and its people that the coronavirus no longer exists.
1: For three days consecutively, people fasted, people were praying in their churches, people were praying in their homes, and then the fourth day, the president said, we have prayed a lot, And God has listened to our prayers. Now we don't have corona. The country is corona-free.
2: For months, countries in Africa enjoyed relatively fewer COVID-19 cases compared to other parts of the world. During the start of the pandemic, most of Africa was relatively unscathed thanks to its quick action and public cooperation.
3: But in spite of all that... According to data from both the Africa CDC and the World Health Organization, weekly COVID-19 cases were rising in the latter part of December 2020.
1: A total of 129 new cases of COVID infections have been reported. And a total of 3,000 new deaths have been reported across the continent. And this represents 10.9% increase in number of new cases and, and also an increase of 26% in, in, in deaths. So our infection rates are increasing, our death rates are also
0: increasing.
3: Even with the gradual increase in COVID infections, one country in the East African region claimed to be virus-free since May.
1: Initially, actually, we experienced the first uh, patient of COVID in Tanzania late of March this year. Journalists and especially the, the, the social media rush to this person is, is, is a woman, actually, who uh, just landed from overseas. After a week or two, then the government started to give out statistics all over the country. We have five people who have been tested positive. They are quarantined. We have 10. We have uh, 100. We have 200. And then at, at the end of April, to be exactly, it's 29th of April, the government stopped issuing statistics of the pandemic. The government stopped and actually journalists were not allowed to report anything on the statistics.
2: Around 500 coronavirus cases were reported in Tanzania, with 21 recorded deaths. But journalists say these numbers are grossly underreported.
1: They, they just, they are predicting the number of deaths, those who were buried at night. Because there were some scenarios here that people were buried at night and uh, relatives were not allowed to get closer to the graveyard. Only two or three people were just allowed to, to go and observe their, their loved ones who were buried by the government at night.
2: It wasn't long until the government decided to put a stop to the whole health crisis by calling for national days of prayer to rid Tanzania of the virus.
1: In mid-May, president said it's time now for the entire nation to have a national prayer for three days consecutively. People fasted, people are praying in the churches, people are praying in their homes, and then the fourth day, the president said we have prayed a lot. And God has listened to our prayers. Now we don't have corona. The country is corona-free. So, and then people were like, oh, the end of corona, we don't have corona now. And then life went back to normal. We started gathering in the markets, in the the pubs, in bars, and actually very few remained. But the government was monitoring and the number was getting lesser and lesser. And then at the end, it was announced that the centers, quarantine centers has been closed because there was no patient. And then from then, then there was no any news about uh, corona.
3: Life went back to normal after those national days of prayer. People no longer feared for their health. Many went back to work.
1: So the president said, if we keep on instilling insti- insti- fear to the people, these people will die. And the government doesn't have a penny to support them. Just you lock yourself in and then expecting to get some money from the government, the government said, no, we don't have that uh, financial muscles to support you.
3: But not everyone was convinced that the virus had miraculously disappeared. All over Tanzania, people took matters into their own hands. Citrus concoctions and steam therapy were some of the measures they took to keep the virus at bay.
1: It's just the government says that, but most people think the virus is still in.
3: In part two of the denial and disinformation series, when a country is not led by science,
2: Philippine vaccine experts will consolidate technical data on Chinese COVID-19 vaccine Sinovac amid news reports the vaccine is only 50.4% effective in preventing COVID-19 infections based on clinical trials in Brazil sa bright itong they would not venture kung sapat it is not safe sure and secure and when
3: journalists are left to report without protection
2: i myself as a woman you know a mother myself and for me what I found challenging is going home to my son and I have to be active in my work as a journalist, and then I have to go back. And every night, I wonder, is he going to catch Am I infected? Is he safe? That kind of thing, all those worries, they come to your mind. So uh, for me, I found it very difficult. What happens then? Again, I'm Macy Hovan, And I'm Mark Casillian. This story is part of a series on denial and disinformation during COVID, initiated by the International Media Support, produced by Puma Podcast.
3: Follow Teca Teca on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. This episode was produced by Carl Javier and Kat Ventura. It was edited by Nina Toralba.